0: This podcast is not intended to serve as therapeutic advice or to replace any professional treatment. These opinions belong to us and do not reflect any company or agency.
1: So, Wendy, um, you know, part of it actually came out of when I wanted to write a book. Right. And the book was going to be entitled The United States of PTSD. Which I think we talked about a long time ago.
0: Yes, right? yes.
1: Um, you know, and part of it is just having to write all day long for work. Amen. <laughs> it's such a – the last thing I want to do when I get home is, like, write. Yes. Okay, so like, you know, all these ideas are obviously floating around. But, you know, with almost over 20 years now of working in mental health.
0: Which is shocking because – um,
1: we're doing this as 20-year-olds. Of course. It's fun, Right? I know. I don't know where the time flies. Like We started at, like, what, five? Right, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, over the years, I've seen patterns and I've seen things change. And I know, especially with the rise of social media, you know, over the last, like, you know, like 15, 20 years, um, you know, I've started to see changes in people. And one of the, the things that was most, I think, apparent to me Was, you know, this rash of school shootings we've had, right? So, I mean, you think back to Sandy Hook and all of the ones that have happened over the past couple of decades. And, you know, I remember when I first heard about it, obviously it was a huge tragedy and everybody had reactions to it. And, um, you know, and then obviously more came after that. And what I started noticing that was the reactions people were having were getting less and less intense. Yeah. Even my own reactions were getting less and less intense. And, Same. It, and it got to the point where there was one day, and I don't remember when it was, I think it was after Parkland, that I saw another shooting, like another high school shooting. And I looked at it, and my initial reaction was basically like, oh, okay, another one. Like there was no emotional connection no to it. Yeah. And that is part of PTSD, it's part of post traumatic stress. So, you know, thinking it was an isolated incident, I'm thinking to myself, it must, you know, it's just me, apparently, right? But the more I started talking to people, the more I started saying it was a real thing. Like the large majority of people I worked with were having the same experience, which was just like, okay, yeah, another one, kind of move on. Right. And the more I started looking at it, the more I started seeing that that was in many different areas. It wasn't just school shootings, there were other things that were happening where people were just kind of like, yeah, whatever, like, no big deal. And you know, you add on top of that other symptoms like the increasing anxiety, in the, yeah. you know, among people. And I think it's safe to say in the country, I think yeah. anxiety is going up. You see, you know, we saw drug use going up. We saw suicide rates going up. We saw everything going up. And, you know, when you see all of the mental health issues across the board going up in one particular geographical region, which would be the United States. Yeah. Is it coincidence or is it because something's broken? (laughs) Something is clearly not
0: working. As you're talking about school shootings, and I can clearly, clearly remember being at home, hearing about Sandy Hook, and having a conversation with myself, like, if there's there's no resolution, if there's no legislative thing that comes out of this... Mm -hmm then I need to stop caring or I won't make it.
1: Learn helpless. Well, it's like helplessness, right? Yes. The basic, like, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. So therefore, I'm not going to do anything. And the people that I've elected to do something about it aren't doing anything. Right. And, you know, I think, again, another kind of sign of just like, where the hell did we end up is when you start hearing things like they're paid actors, And the kids didn't really die. And it's just a publicity stunt by one political side or the other. Yeah. to Like, really? Like, that's a conversation that people are actually having. Right. Like, that's a paid – like, people are paid actors. Yes. And I I remember when I first heard that, I I just wanted to vomit. Like, we as a country have gotten to that point where we're looking at tragedy, horrific tragedy, and not only feeling numb because we are all helpless, but then also turning it into, like, a circus show.
0: Yeah. Well, anger is a much easier emotion to have. Of course. Than abject terror.
1: Right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> like, is
0: that an actual thing? Oh, oh
1: abso- okay. absolutely. absolutely. Because anger feels powerful. Yeah. And, you know, anger has great uses, right? So, like, if you're in a bad relationship or – and I don't mean an abusive relationship. I mean just like you're in a bad relationship, you're not happy, the other person's not happy. Yeah. Sometimes it's the anger that propels people to get out of relationships and make changes. Yeah. If you're angry at your job and you realize, hey, you know what? I'm kind of sick of this. Yep. That leads you to find a different job or find it, you know, a new career. So it can be productive. However, in this case, it's not. It's right. become almost a way of living. Like everybody is angry all the time. And you know, if you think about it in terms like, we go back to an abusive relationship. If you're living with your rapist, or, yeah. or a person who's physically abusing you. How much work can you actually do on your mental health while you're living in that environment? You can't, right? So you basically learn coping skills. And those coping skills are things like emotional numbing or you know emotions kind of going up and down like yo-yoing or you know, having nightmares and intrusive thoughts and all the things that kind of go with PTSD. Because until the person gets out of that environment, they can't get any better. Now, what if the environment is the whole country?
0: Hey, oh my God. So you're blowing my mind right now. Like, where do you go? Because as <laughs> as I'm thinking, like, as a whole, I think this country still holds onto the idea that um, it's somehow ridiculous for someone who's abused. And let's just take domestic abuse, because that's kind of the trope. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at domestic Abuse victims. It's why didn't you get out sooner? Right. That's always the question. That's, that's like the main thing. Like how I could never let myself be treated that way and bullshit. Right. But the very thing that we're blaming the victim about with domestic violence is the very same thing that we're doing to ourselves by not taking care of any of these things that, Correct. So we're ge- getting like mentally and emotionally battered by.
1: That's an, that's actually a great comparison. I never thought about that. You're right. I mean it. It's the same. It's the same parallel, and on a greater level because there's so many. I mean, if you think about why somebody stays in, in, in an abusive relationship, there's you know many reasons, whether it's money or love, the perception of love yep. or kids or security or yeah. you know any of those resources, any of those different things. It's a, it's on a micro level. Yeah. So it's, it's within that kind of family unit, but this is like on a macro level, it's the whole, it's like not just your house, it's the neighborhood, it's the city, it's the town, it's the state, it's the country. Like, right. And you know, you can only dissect so much of that. Right. And you know, what do you do when those resources fail you? Which brings up the question. And I think a lot of people have this question. Are these systems failing or are they designed to do this?
0: are they designed to fail.
1: Are they designed to fail. And part of the part of that failure is keeping the people, you know, I use the people yeah. kind of as a general term, as unhealthy so they don't know better. It's kind of like that analogy of you know, like boiling frogs in a pot. Like if you slowly increase the heat, they don't right. they don't realize they're boiling to death. Yeah. It seems very much like that is what's happening in this country. Whether it's political or you know, the healthcare system or the legal system or education or whatever, they're all falling apart kind of across the board. Yes. And that affects every single person that lives there, regardless of what your affiliation is or your religion or, you know.
0: So in a sense, we're living with our abusers. Yes. And I'm guessing that we're not advocating. (laughs) mass exodus out of the country right although (laughs) i have been thinking about it no so what do we do because i think part of the thing that i was mentioning with sandy hook and that being the breaking point for me where i just had to just accept that this Horribleness would continue and I had to find some way to be able to live and breathe while the horribleness continued. What can we do while the horribleness is continuing?
1: It's a really good question, and I think if we we had the answer to that, we can solve a lot of problems. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, so, I, so, if anybody has
0: the answer, please call one eight hundred. Right,
1: and, <laughs> and you know it's not that simple because the problem is it's multifaceted, right? So, like you can fix one area, but you know the other areas are all you know falling apart. So again, it's not just a quick fix. I think the start of it is that individually we have to get healthier. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think once we become healthier individually, then we can look towards solidarity with like other people. You know, one of the um, I do a lot of work in addiction, as you know, and for, for the listeners out there, I've had 20 plus years experience working in addiction. And, you know, what I've seen happen from the time I started to now, you know, from a treatment perspective has vastly changed with like research and how treatments are done and the way people are treated, et cetera, across the board. And something that I've noticed I'm going to use 12 steps as an example, right? So addiction, you know, according to the AMA is a disease. And, you know, part of what works with this particular disease is this sense of uh, commonality, right? So, you know, people go to 12-step meetings because they feel like they have a place to go to, right? So if you have an alcohol addiction, you go to AA. If you have an N.A. addiction, you go to... I mean, a narcotic addiction, cocaine, whatever, you go to N.A. Over the years, though, what's happened, and I've seen it happen, is that they become more and more divided because each group finds reasons why they can't connect to another person. So, for example, you know, drugs are different than alcohol. So we have the two different groups. And then that turns into, um, you know, people who write medications are not considered sober. So then they have their own groups. And when I say medications, I mean like Anabuse or like methadone or, you know, um, Suboxone or whatever. And then you have and that's just within the drug part of it, right? So you see that kind of breakdown. So okay. you have different facets of that, but then it turns into the social aspect of it. Then where you have, well, we need LGBT, you know, specific groups because that's different from the straight community, and then we need Jewish support groups because yes. that's different than the, you know the, the this particular the Christian right. based one, and then we need this particular support group. Well, if you continue to divide them enough. They get to the point where they all look at each other and they're like, I don't, you can't relate to me because I have all of these other things that right. you don't have. When in reality, the common denominator is the thing that they're all there for. Yeah. But you have, but they have, and I don't, I'm not blaming them because this is part of the system, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is just one example of it and it happens everywhere where now they are so subdivided Yeah. that the original problem isn't enough to connect them anymore.
0: Right. Well, this is something, too, and um, I don't have 20 years of experience in um, anything but being me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're fabulous
1: at that. So oh, you have 20 yes. years of being fabulous.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my face is going to
1: get very right, red. Right.
0: Um, now, I'm in learning more and more about the LGBTQ community. Right. And I am... I'm very invested in the transgender community and seeing that that divide within the LGBTQ oh, yeah. community. Right. Th- th- when you were talking about like the different AANA Sure. What a, oh, it's,
1: like I said, it's across the board. It, right, it happens in every community. Yeah. Whether it happens in religion, it happens in race, it happens yeah. in sexual orientation, it happens all across the board. I only use that one because that's obviously the one I have seen the most kind of play out Right. Over the years. Right.
0: Well, and then that always makes me think of, you know, when I think about the LGBTQ community and the larger response in that community to the transgender community, I go back to thinking about the herds on the Saturday and um and like wildebeests or whatever, however it happens. And somehow elephants are different, but you know, maybe we should meditate on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> just be the elephants. Um, Cause they, they protect the most vulnerable. Whereas those larger groups like wildebeests and antelopes and I don't know right. I'm like making up animals at this point but they the more vulnerable in that group is kind of left to feed the lions sure. instead of being protected by sure. the group so yeah. my takeaway from this is we need to be elephants
1: Oh I 100% agree with that You know and that's I mean you see that play out throughout history over and over and over again right because If you give any group a little bit more power, you don't even have to give them a lot of power, you just give them a little bit more power and they run with it. Yeah. You know, and and the other groups that are more vulnerable become the scapegoats. And, you know, again, we see this happen over and over and over again. And as long as you can keep people divided, there's no power. Right. So if everybody is like, I'm against you, you're against me. The sense of tribalism that even happens in like sports teams like i never understood the amount of rage and anger that goes into people at sports teams like it's my team it's your team and like fights are breaking out and all this other stuff it's a freaking sport first of all it's supposed to be entertaining it's not supposed to be the sense of like you belong to me like i don't care if they win or not who who cares they're freaking chasing a ball half the time like seriously but the, I, I mean, I think.
0: But I—that's I, but an awesome point
1: because, right. for everybody out
0: there, I live in New England, and I had a very close friend for quite some time who was a Yankees fan, um, not allowed in New England, and there were more than one time that she called me hysterical because someone had tried to run her off the road.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Screaming
0: about her Yankees bumper sticker. Right. That's insane. Well,
1: it, it's insane, but it's 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 indicative of a huge cultural fail. Yeah. You know, and and, and again, so we have the Boomers versus Gen X. I mean, not Gen X because Gen X were freaking awesome. Gen, but <laughs> right? like Gen, Gen, Gen Z, right? Just to be clear, like we're the you know the character yes. from Will and Grace, like sipping the wine, right? Like that meme yes. says, right? But like you know, there's this whole like the the aging against the younger people and then you've got all the race things happening and you've got the lgbt community infighting and then you've got the lgbt community against the straight people then you've got men against women and then you've got binary against Mm non-binary and you've got like it's everybody you've got religions fighting you've got everybody is divided all over the place and they're all warring so again how do you get healthy when you're fighting 300 wars right (laughs) you know at the same time like you can't yeah. And as humans, we can only take so much. Everybody has a breaking point. You had actually brought up earlier, you were talking about, um, you know, domestic abuse and how people say, like, why don't they get out of relation? You're like, why don't, why don't they just leave? It's so right. easy to leave. Because we all know that, that that's simple, real, right? right? I say that sarcastically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, but, you know, we know from war that, you know, if you keep people prisoner long enough, you don't even have to guard them. Yeah, because they don't even attempt to escape anymore. Because they just—they are hopeless. Yeah, and that is why I think a lot of people don't fight. Like you said earlier, there's no power. So like, if everybody's hopeless, you're just kind of you're like, okay, well that's what I've been dealt. So I'm just going to kind of deal with it. Yeah,
0: and you—you you learn to find joys in some of the darkest places because that's all you have. Right. To to work with.
1: Right. And we have, you know, when, when we were talking earlier about doing this in the first place, and I had mentioned that I run, um, one of the support groups I run is for pregnant and postpartum moms. And over the past couple of years, I've seen that they just, one of the podcasts they listen to the most are crime podcasts. Like everybody nice in the group is like, soothing. oh, I love my crime <laughs> podcasts. I go to sleep by my, my, my crime podcasts and you know then when we were looking up podcasts and we saw yeah. like that like what 6 of the top 10 were crime related podcasts yeah. you know it 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 brings up that whole we just have this culture you know i'd use the word repetition compulsion because people are just obsessed with understanding yeah. the depravity of everything to the point that we are we've glorified it you know, you think about the movies that came out recently when, uh, what's his name? Zac Efron was playing Ted Bundy. Yep. And everybody was like, oh, but he's so hot. Okay. Yeah. Granted, he is hot. Right. Yes. <laughs> but but now we're like, we're, we're glorifying serial killers. Right. And, and we're giving them lots of airtime.
0: I feel there needs to be a disclaimer here. Um, because at this point, if my husband is listening to this, he is screaming at... The speaker saying, "But she loves murder things. (laughs) I do.
1: No, don't get me wrong. I I do too. I mean, I'm actually trying to be conscious of how much I listen to them. Yeah. I mean, I remember at one point in time, I would come home and I would have the ID network on. Yeah. And I I would take a nap. Like I I would fall asleep to you know totally to the ID network
0: before bed. I'm watching whatever documentary Netflix has on the latest murder
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and." God help me if there's more than one to choose from.
1: I, right. <laughs> but, but the thing you know, and the thing is it wasn't until like I started having nightmares. And I'm like, why am I having nightmares? <sighs> and it took me a while to kind of put those yes. two things together. And I'm like, duh, cuz you're watching murder shows.
0: Yes. Day. Yep.
1: <laughs> you know, so but I, but I do I think that that's a lot of people are doing that cuz they're trying to understand.
0: That's interesting. That's a that actually makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> About Um, kind of that obsession that I have um, with, oh my goodness. So obviously we could talk about this for days, weeks, years, um, because I'm just in my head now connecting all of the dots and we've solved nothing. Um, Not that I expect us to solve anything, but I love how you're getting me to think about the parallels in different things. And I think once you start seeing patterns, mm-hmm. yeah. that creates a way out of your normal thinking. Right. Not that that's necessarily important for anybody, but we obviously have a lot to say. <laughs> I obviously have a lot of questions for you. So um, I think, I think we might, you know, want to yeah. meet again.
1: <laughs> oh, of course. You know. And those were, you know, To the listeners out there, thank you for listening, by the way. Yes. Um, We have a lot of topics to cover. And those are just like snippets of different things to cover. Um, And there's quite a few after that. I mean, all we have to do is turn on the TV for like five minutes to find a topic. All you need to do is ask me what the
0: latest murder thing I'm watching is.
1: Exactly. Um, You know, like every day I hear something, I'm like, oh, that should be on the podcast. That should be on the podcast. So, I mean, we definitely have a lot to talk about. And in terms of fixing it, Oh my God. I'm sure you you can relate to this. How many, and I ask actually the listeners to think about this too, how many committees have you been on at your job to address a problem only to be on a committee six months later, identifying the The exact same same problems with different people coming up with all these action steps (laughs) for like years,
0: right? (laughs) Paralysis. Yeah, it's of just... the system. All right, so.
1: Well, thank you, Wendy. Thank, thank you for you, for doing this with me. Oh my gosh, I look forward like, to more of them. It just seems weird that I get to
0: talk to you about all this cool stuff, and now it's like for an actual purpose, right? Although the people that are listening may not feel, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um. But we hope you do, and if you do, then um, tune in again. Absolutely. Um, Until then, um, be healthy
1: and happy.